I want a taco real bad. (laughs) Welcome to episode 69 of Finding Her. I am your host, Julia Busby, and today our episode is titled, Learn to Write Out Your Feelings of Panic. So I haven't been on here for over a month, as you may or may not know, my parents moved in with me for just a little bit of time. That's a little bit crazy. Everybody's doing well, don't worry. And I am closing out the end of my high school um, teaching contract, probably during the worst time you could ever be a teacher. So I'm really, really looking forward to taking a break in the summer and relaxing and and really um, de-stressing. So I want to tell you too, that I had an epic fail about two weeks ago, I recorded this episode. It was amazing. Like I had everything dialed in. It was awesome. You guys are learning a lot. And I forgot to save it. And I deleted it on accident. So during that time, it was the day before I was catching a flight. And as you know, I have crazy travel anxiety when I'm on a plane by myself. So I don't know if it's the plane that scares me, dying alone, um, any of those things, all those shows that lost and all those things that are going through my overthinking mind. And I was pretty anxious. And when I deleted that episode, I thought for sure it was going to trigger me into negative thinking. And then it would trigger a panic attack because I was already pumped up because the next day I was going to be flying by myself. And um, I exited the panic cycle. So we're going to be talking a lot, a lot, excuse me about that today. So I'm back and I'm ready to talk with you guys about moving through or understanding that we hold the key to working through our feelings of panic. And I've talked about it throughout this podcast, um, panic attacks, but I'm really singling in on them today. So we all have those worries that can escalate quickly into unmanageable, painful and exhausting times, also known as panic attacks. The first time I had one, I was teaching in elementary school. And I just kept rattling on and on about things that didn't make sense because my mind was stuck on warp speed. Thoughts were flooding into my brain and falling out of my mouth at the very same time. I had no control, right? Because I was so scared. Think of a conveyor belt on fire. So physical symptoms begin presenting themselves. So I was sweating, shaking, any physical symptom of feeling terrified for me presented itself. I wanted to run, but with where nowhere to go, what was going to happen? Feeling like I was ready to run away like Forrest Gump. At the summit of my panic attack, I broke into tears, right? So it goes as an escalation cycle at the very tipping point for me is when I start to cry. And then I know for sure that I'm starting to um, really regulate my feelings and work on leaving that panic cycle. Like many of you, I am often left confused and exhausted. I'm also like you in the sense of I'm terrified to feel this way again, especially out in public. So that elementary school incident of me losing it, that was my actual first panic attack that I felt in public. So today I'm going to talk to you about how to move through your panic and steps you can do to learn and retrain your mind that if you hold on and work through it, it'll eventually pass. Pieces of today's episode will be from my blog. I recently wrote about panic and personal stories like the one I just shared with you above. And go ahead and read 
all of my blog posts, www.juliabusby.com. Leave a comment. Hey, it sucks, Buzz. Or, you know, hey, I know what you're talking. I know what it feels like. Yay. This is what has helped me. You can always give me tips and ideas there too. So let's get this show on the road. When it comes to the term panic attack, let me lay down the foundation. So a panic attack can be described as a feeling, an episode of intense fear that triggers severe physical reactions when there is no real danger or evident cause. So really no danger. It's not real, right? But your body thinks it is. Panic attacks can be very frightening. Holy sheet balls. They definitely are. When panic attack occurs, you might think or feel like you're losing control, having a heart attack, or even dying. Many people have just one or two panic attacks in their lifetime, and the problem goes away. Perhaps when that stressful situation ends, right? But if you've had recurrent unexpected panic attacks and spent long periods in constant fear of another one, you may have a condition called panic disorder. But don't fret. It is important to know that you can talk to a professional to help guide you into learning more about what treatments can help lower your stress, identify your level of flight or fight response, and how to develop a treatment plan for when and or if your panic attacks will continue to show up. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the cycle, right? So I just shared with you that I work to get out of the cycle when I am cued or an event happens, right? Well, that takes time, lots and lots of time. And so I wanted to tell you guys about actually labeling that panic cycle before I give you those coping skills or ideas to get yourself out of one. So breaking the panic cycle. So what you need to do is you need to identify, right? It always starts with awareness. So there is going to be an external cue, something in your environment that (sighs) begins the whole cycle, right? So it's an event, of some kind. So you could have a physical response, you can have emotional, you could have a behavior, you could have a thought, you could have all of them. Okay. And then what happens is, is your body starts to give a response. And whether whatever coping skills you're using at the time will keep you in the panic cycle or get you to start to exit, right? So we have the event, the response, then here comes the panic attack. Okay. I'm running all around, sweaty, angry. I get confused. I'm talking a mile a minute. The panic attack ends, right? At this time, I'm crying, relief, body and thoughts start to return to normal. So you're, you've made it over that mountain. Now you're coming down, down to the bottom of it. So we have the next spot. This is where we're going to be thinking about the future, right? So an anticipatory stage. So thoughts of the future. What if this happens next? Um, Really thinking about in this time, you're priming your body for the next attack, right? So that's how we stay in the cycle. And how we break it is we blast it with coping skills. So that's positive talk and other things that I'm going to tell you with today. But I just want to give you that real quick. So let me go back here. So here is my retelling of an incident with panic that I experienced about a month or so ago. It might be a little bit longer. Remember, everyone's feelings in relationship with panic can vary. This is just giving you a close-up look into how someone, hello me, has used the coping skills I have learned and applied them to my life successfully. Uh, Like I said before, 
I've had opportunities to stay in the vicious panic cycle forever and ever and ever. Then once I became aware and I started using skills, OMG, I'm fighting them now. Sometimes I don't go through the whole escalation cycle. Sometimes I just make it to a certain point. Sometimes I make it all the way around and then I change my mindset on that po- those positive thoughts. So I'll continue. And let me tell you, sometimes I can move effortlessly through them. I have occasionally stopped them before spiraling out of control, and sometimes I turn into Cruella DeVille herself. So I'm sharing this with you so you know that you're not a huge, big failure if you can't manage them. It's okay. So the goal for both of us, because I do this show for you as much as I do it for myself, right? The goal for both of us today is to identify that you have experienced a panic attack in your life, and that you want to become more aware about how you can manage them. And this maybe isn't directly impacting your life, but maybe it's somebody you care about, so you could totally help them with giving them this information. So this is from my blog. This is going to be my personal story. So reliving my night that Saturday, I couldn't pinpoint what triggered me or if the panic I was feeling in my body was just a normal reaction because I hadn't had a panic for a while. But here's the thing, friends, panic attacks. Sometimes you know when and where the trigger happened and sometimes you don't. Your panic could give a rat's ass where you are and or who you are with. In what feels like a flip of a switch, sufferers are stuck in a cycle of fear, overwhelming confusion and mental anguish. This is why we must learn how to manage the feeling of panic when it arrives. So I'm going to be talking again about that panic panic cycle panic cycle and how to write it out. So I'm thinking in my mind at this time, was this some sick test my mind was placing upon my feet to see if I was capable of owning my anxiety and remaining in the driver's seat of my struggle bus? Struggle bus. So remember, I talk about that. We want to stay in control of our emotions and our feelings and our mental illnesses. So we want to stay in the driver's seat. When we're struggling and we have anxiety and stress, that is pulling us away from being in total control of ourselves, right? So we need to focus. I am aware. I need to stay in the driver's seat. To manage my uninvited panic, I begin to pace around my living room while invoking my right to start box breathing. So that's going to be the first coping skill. I do this every single time. And that definition, Very Well Mind blog, shares that box breathing, also known as four square breathing, involves exhaling to a count of four, holding your lungs empty for a four count, inhaling at the same pace, and holding air in your lungs for a count of four before exhaling and beginning the pattern again. So I'm doing that. That's our coping skill number one. In my state of panic during that time, though, I began to feel clammy and scared even though I was box breathing, right? So this is just a part of the process. My body is ready for its perceived threat. Perceived because it's not real, but my body, my body and my brain thinks thinks we're in big danger. So my fight or flight response is in full effect. Always ready to fight like a tiger or start running a race like an Olympian sprinter, my body reactivates due to all the traumatic memories and situations where I truly believed I was in danger. I start doing lots of repetitive movements. It helps me move through this time of uncertainty, hypervigilance, and fear. So it's like I have to dance on a tightrope, right? Like 
if I keep doing my box breathing and I'm remaining calm, even though I am having physical symptoms and I'm really scared, I need to keep focus and I need to move, right? I'm trying to sit with this uncomfortable feeling because once I give up, I'm in the panic cycle forever for what it feels like forever, right? And that's not good. Focusing on my breath, I start a coping skill number two. I begin to ground. Grounding keeps me in the present and helps fight off the intrusive thoughts that often send me into the never-ending spiral of overthinking. And I love to sleep, and I also love to overthink. And when I'm panicking, that overthinking turns into a spiral of doom. Um, when I'm just overthinking in general and not escalated, I tend to like think of who made this, who's like, it's like this philosophical thinking, right? I can't stop thinking and I keep thinking and thinking and thinking. Yeah, right. Okay. I can't go on anymore. (laughs) My grounding technique is simple. I begin to count each toe on each foot. With each toe I press into the ground, I count slowly. One, two, three, and so on. I often move to my fingers and press them against a surface when I count out each one. So kind of like when you were a kid and you counted with your fingers and your toes, um, when you're adding up, subtracting, it's like that. One, two, three. That's a coping skill number two. If panic continues, which I'm telling you, sometimes these things work and sometimes they don't, I will begin identifying things in the room that start with the letters of the alphabet. Okay, so you could either go backwards or you can go forwards. So A, and I'm looking around to keep me in the present. That's my goal. Stay here in the present because we can't be thinking about the future and we can't be thinking about the past because that's what's giving us so much uncertainty and and that's taking away our power, right? So these exercises and grounding techniques can be different for everyone. You just need to keep practicing and it will become easier. Really, we talked about our brain being a muscle and going to the gym. This is the same thing. I continue to panic And although I remained present when counting my toes and fingers, I still became overwhelmed with that fear. And that's what I have a hard time with, especially with PTSD. I'm always scared, right? Another way that I deal with moving through a panic attack is by deep pressure. Deep pressure offered through a big bear hug, wrapping myself tightly in a weighted blanket, 20 pounds from Amazon, that's not an ad, and or pushing up against a counter or wall. Any of these options have worked for me in the past with incorporation of that box breathing. Again, I have taken coping skills singly. I've tried um, XYZ and The grounding and the box breathing and the deep pressure have always worked for me, sometimes singly, sometimes three times in a row, sometimes simultaneously. So at last, I was able to get the heart rate down while feeling relief from the fading feeling of fear. If it continued, I would have pulled out the big guns and requested that my partner get a bag of frozen vegetables, a bag of ice or an ice pack, or had him prepare a large bowl with ice in it to submerge my face into. You can also go to like a sporting goods store um, or Target and look for those ice packs, those emergency ice packs that um, you kind of use for your kids' sports and you can break them and then they turn ice cold. I would say have a few of those in your purse or your desk at work. Um, be prepared. Put them in your glove compartment. You just never know when you're going to need one and that would be amazing. I'm serious. I was and will always use a cold plunge if all the other coping skills fail. 
And this was like awkward to do at first, but it's such a good coping skill. And I'll tell you why it is proven. So plunging my face in cold water has never let me down. So I researched this and would like to share that your heart rate can lower by 10 to 25% when you introduce your face to cold water. And further researching it, I was able to find somebody else's blog post about managing your panic that immersing your face in ice cold water stimulates the mammalian diving reflex and innate physiological response that we share with dolphins and seals. Throughout evolution, mammals develop this reflex to survive with little or no oxygen underwater. This reflex works through special nerves in the face, which send a message to the vagus nerve, which in turn instructs your parasympathetic nervous system to calm down. It slows down heart rate considerably and increases one's chances of survival. So we talked about the vagus nerve in the brain um, gut connection not that long ago, maybe three episodes ago. So if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to that of amazing information that you can learn about uh, the connection between your brain and gut. So continuing to practice your self-care plan and or toolbox, including how to manage your panic, is essential for moving through these uncomfortable moments. Over time, it begins to feel easier to grab your coping skills from your toolbox rather than reaching for unhealthy ways to cope. Drinking wine, drinking white claws, smoking, doing drugs, not eating, there's so many pulling, doing physical self-harm. There's so many ways that we can learn to be proactive within ourselves, right? So if there is a problem that arises, we have a solution or we're absolutely trying, right? So I promise if you hold on to it, it will eventually pass. And two weeks ago when I made this episode, I wanted to share with you that I was talking with my therapist and I have PTSD and generalized anxiety disorder, right? High-functioning anxiety. So I asked him, you know, that dreaded question. I said, if you, if someone could be healed from PTSD, can somebody be healed from PTSD, I should say? I get all nervous talking about it, so my words are all scrambled up. And he said, clinically or, you know, what, what, what do you want to talk about? So... Coming to full circle on this, I, I'm really uncomfortable talking about this, if you can tell. No, you cannot fully heal yourself from PTSD, but you can go into remission. And healing from healing and taking things in and learning and becoming aware and learning more about yourself and knowing what your triggers are, what you should surround yourself with, what's not good for you, those are all part of feeling better in your recovery plan and your remission. So my goal in life, I guess, is to lead a life to where I can manage my panic and manage my life so then when I do trip and fall down a black hole into PTSD land and actually have terrifying things happen or it feels like they're happening to me over and over again it's me stuck in the past right and then my anxiety is like ah worried about the future so my whole goal in life now is to stay present right and to stay present means i need to ground and i need to do a lot of personal work 
I have a lot of trauma in my life. I have a lot of mental illnesses, PTSD. I wasn't born with that. So really after you have your first experience with PTSD, you really, and you're going through the recovery, your life might look a little different. And that's where I'm at now. So I'm so happy to be here with you guys to share this episode. I don't know if it's better than the first one that I recorded, but it is what it is. So I am just here, hot mess, imperfect friend of yours. And thank you everyone for coming to the show. We've had an influx of people listening. I think it's from the TikTok. So you can follow me on there, the Anxious Mamacita, also known as Julia M. Busby. Reach out to me by email at julia at juliabusby.com. Whew. This episode got me exhausted, probably because I'm a little uncomfortable. Um, Share this episode with someone that you might know. It might help someone. You never know. Keep shining.